We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Apologize for the Saints game? To who? The Saints fans. No, God okay. no. All right. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Butting Heads Podcast. Putter Amstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Ribeiro. Johnny, is, you know, I love that little guitar riff on the intro. Johnny is on vacation, you know, so he is not here. Uh, rather than fly solo, uh, and you know, maybe you could say I failed to get a guest. Honestly, I uh, kind of forgot to, you know, ask more than one person. Uh, what we did today was I went on Twitter Spaces, I guess you call it X Spaces now, and I just had a chat with the people. Friend of the show, Kev Masaregin of the Operating Room Podcast hopped on and was uh, great to join us. He, If you want to check out a fantasy football podcast, Kev's one of the best in the business, man. Uh, the Operating Room is great. And this podcast, just for disclosure, was recorded Monday night. I'm going to put it out Thursday morning. So I don't know if things will have changed drastically. And also, man, it's Twitter, it's Spaces, it's X, I guess now. You might hear some crazy takes on here. Uh, the audio, you know, this is not a professional microphone studio. Uh, at least at least with our guests who are gracious with their time to join us. But this was a really fun pod. So uh, I hope you guys can all enjoy. We'll pitch you over to that right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I've never done a Twitter space before. So I am excited. This is going to be fun. I'm going to tweet this out. Give me one second, y'all. All righty. We have have more than one listener. So, you know, that is a win in my book. Uh, We're going to talk about the Rams here. Anyone who feels like hopping in the chat um just request to join and i will probably add you okay so this week man uh i 
it, it's it's been such a weird season for the Rams because you we enter the year and I think a lot of us are of the mindset that <laughs> this team is not going to be great going into the year. You know, I, I think even more people, you know, I wasn't even a pessimistic about this team. I was just more trying to look at this from a relative perspective in that this is going to be a rebuilding year, you know, as they say, a retooling year and expectations weren't high. I think I had them at like six or seven wins and we come out of the gate, dominate week one, uh, really come close to beating the uh, Seahawks in week two in a game where I think if they don't turn the ball over, that's probably a win. And you come out of that game one and one and, and the tune has changed. And then the last two weeks, it's been too real. <laughs> I like frustrating to an extent games here. Uh, obviously this game we won and it's always, it's always weird when you have a game where you come out blowing them out and then you just choke the game away. And this has happened. I think this is not the first time a game like this happened under Sean McVay. It probably won't be the last where the game should be over at halftime and uh you 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 completely blow the game and then at, at the end of it you uh you're able to sneak sneak away with a win um it's it, it's hard to come on and like talk about this because your your whole tune changes you have a narrative after the first half then you come in you have a narrative after the second half because you think the Rams are about to choke this game away. Uh, and then here we are. We won. We're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Going into the year, if you told people you'd be 2-2 two and two after this stretch with who we're playing, we'd all be ecstatic. Uh, losses to the 49ers and Bengals were expected. Uh, Michael Jamison, I think I have you in the chat here. How, how are you feeling about the Rams this, this season so far, man? You know, at times, I don't know what's worse than Los Angeles Rams football. Los Angeles Rams football, because taking that lead and then blowing it in that fashion. I want to start off by saying Aaron Donald is the MVP of football because he is all over the field on every single play. It takes two, three players to just detain him just a little bit. And the fact that I think the the Rams beating the Colts, it was important because if they were to have lost that game and have an injured quarterback, the rec or the standings would be a lot different. And the fact is the 49ers are a better football team. And the Rams announcers, JB Long and DeMarco Farr on ESPN 710, they totally sugarcoated that loss versus the 49ers because the Rams, although they were in contention of that game, they showed no signs of being able to dominate the 49ers. And that's going to be a a whole issue by itself because, in my opinion, the Rams kicking game, not having a kicker coming into the season and then not having a backup quarterback in case there's an injury, now talking about getting Carson Wentz, a lot of fans don't like that idea. I like the idea for only one reason, because we gave up Jared Goff. And it would be nice to see him in a Ram uniform, take some plays, perhaps take a couple of good hits from the linemen, see if he's able to continue playing. But the Rams, they, Sean McVay, he has the offense really, I was impressed. The fact that he had absolutely no running game whatsoever just a week ago. The fact they lost that game versus the Bengals, but came back to win versus the Colts and the Bengals losing, I do feel better because I did not feel good after that Bengals defeat. I didn't feel good because of the way, first of all, the Rams played, didn't run the football. But this game, I thought they passed the ball at different parts of the football field. They ran the ball strong. They had a good offensive line. They did protect the quarterback. Stafford's going to have to perhaps just take a week or two off. It's a long season. I don't think there's anything wrong with putting in 
uh, a backup quarterback, Rippin. Um, I do think the Rams are going to have to go out and find a kicker if this kicker isn't able to get field goals. And I also want to talk about the other teams in that NFC who are a lot stronger than the Rams. The Lions, they're coming up playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's going to be a real interesting contest, that matchup, to see where the Rams are going to be for the rest of the season because I think Aaron Donald, he carries this team. And his strength alone by itself, just by itself, it's going to keep the Rams at least at 10 and 6. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to get up to 12 wins this season. I do see 12 wins for this Ram team. But at times, the football, the running needs to be a little more consistent, in my opinion. And I do think they're going to have to go out and find a couple of players. Um, I just think that it's a long football season, and there's a lot of good competition out there. So they're going to have to decide if he's not 100%. I would definitely consider having him not play at least one week because he was throwing strikes. He was throwing missiles out there. He's a good quarterback, Matthew Stafford. And there's no reason if he's not 100% to put him out there. Um, I think resting him is a good thing, in my opinion. Well, if if he can go, I I think he's got to go because you mentioned the backup quarterback problem too. You know, I, I not that I mean this week it's the Eagles. You know, you you might not win either way. So if if he's at like sixty percent, yeah, I give him a week off. But uh, I think Mike, you gotta you gotta look at this from the perspective of you know going ten and seven this year. I think I, I would be ecstatic. I think a lot of people would be ecstatic because when you enter last offseason. You trade Jalen Ramsey for pennies, and you cut Leonard Floyd. You know, you can't be expecting them to be the 2021 Rams again. I think what we've seen is a lot of encouraging stuff, and I think really pushing their chips in in 2024, and just this year is kind of taking inventory of what we have. Um, You know, going into the season, I didn't expect them to be a playoff contender. Right now, I think they are a playoff contender. I think they're in the mix with a lot of teams uh, playing at a similar level. And, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, 12 wins would be insane, man. If they get to 12 wins, I, I would be pretty surprised. But if they add a couple pieces, it's doable. The only thing is I I don't know if they'll go that direction because I don't think the Rust – I don't know if they're a piece away from winning the Super Bowl currently. I would like to add a couple of things. The first thing is I saw signs of the Air Coriel Chargers – offense in that offense the fact Stafford has a tight end he has three receivers he has a good rookie receiver Puka and you know that unnecessary roughness against Puka on that play I want to compare two unnecessary roughnesses in two games the game against the Colts the hit on Puka he was a defenseless receiver They got flagged, the Colts. But in the Raiders-Chargers game, there was a play where the Chargers defender lifted up the player and got called for unnecessary roughness playing the football. It's either way it was 15 yards. I don't think those two flags were anything close to comparison. I thought one was blatant, and I thought it was kind of – repulsive to hit a player like that especially a rookie wide receiver the fact that a player in the nfl knowing that he would do that in that play i just the referees in my opinion are gonna have to start refereeing better because i think some of the confidence in the fans watching some of these other games the refs are making some bad calls and they're depending on new york to overturn calls that their camera system should be able to coordinate on the football field at that game. I just don't understand this whole waiting, New York, decide, mistake, oh, okay, it's the referee's fault. It's always the referee's fault. 
and they're making a lot of bad. They're not allowing the players to play, and they're overdoing it on good hits. That was a good hit on that Raider defender, and I enjoy every time the Raiders lose. But, you know, we're talking Rams football right now, and I think the Rams have a sort of Kellen Winslow, Dan Fouts, um, Charlie Joyner sort of offense um, with those receivers. I don't know if Sean McVay has the same kind of game plan, but you had a couple of running backs in that um, backfield to wear down the uh, defender. I do think Aaron Donald's going to carry this team, like you said, You'll be ecstatic with 10 wins. Well, I expect more from the Rams. I expect 12 wins. <laughs> I love the optimism, I, Mike. Uh, and I'm going to pull I'm gonna pull Kevin here, too. Kev, uh, <laughs> Mike mentions the, the running backs here. Uh, and, Mike, thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get some other uh, speakers in here. But uh, we, ha- we have my guy, Kev Mouseredgen, here from the Operating Room Podcast. Uh, so, Kev, Mike brings up the running backs. And... You know, as a fantasy guy, I know you're following the skill positions pretty intensely here. Kyron Williams threw four games, I think, all things considered, being asked kind of out of nowhere to just be a 90% types, 90% snap count type guy. Uh, he's playing really well, but do you think, you know, even this, do you think his level of play as being the workhorse, I know they worked in Ronnie Rivers a little more this week than in previous weeks. Do you find that sustainable uh, to keep Kyron Williams at this level? Absolutely not. Uh, whatever they're doing with Kyron Williams right now is insane because this is not who he is. He was somewhat of a workhorse at Notre Dame, but he has like zero burst. Uh, we're kind of just doing what the Bills tried to do with Zach Moss before he got hurt. Uh, I mean, he looks good now, but that's like three, four years later when he put on some pounds. Kyron's like way too small to be playing this role. Uh, we have to dial it down, like, at least like in the second half of the season, he's going to fall apart if we keep running him 20, 30 times a game almost. Um, when it comes down to it, I don't know if there's, like, one running back that's going to solve it. They probably need to go to a rotation eventually because Kyron is physically, like, what, like 5'11", 195, or 5'9", 195. That's not built to last in a 300-touch pace role. So, um, yeah, that's definitely, first off, we can't be relying on that i don't know if it's going to be ronnie rivers i don't know if royce freeman zach evans who i do like but seemingly struggles in pass pro and like he's not a special teamer at all so uh i this gets kyron williams cinderella story won't last too long yeah and and i kind of hope um and we'll see with zach evans i didn't love what i saw from him in the preseason and he he doesn't necessarily have the draft capital to necessitate having to play uh but I mean, he might because, you know, Ronnie Rivers certainly doesn't and Kyron Williams barely does. Uh, and so, yeah, I would love to see them, if it's Ronnie Rivers, who played pretty well this week, just work in somebody a little more consistently because, you know, Kyron Williams is not a 300-carry guy, and nor should he be. Um, in an ideal world, maybe they add a more premier running back, uh, probably not this year, maybe next offseason, uh, and have them kind of split the work. Uh, but... Certainly surprising, I mean, at least an improvement over what the Cam Akers led back to probably <laughs> I mean, would have looked like. The bar is the floor when it's Akers. Uh, Kyron's averaging 3.8 yards per carry, 4.6 yards per target. He has 11 catches on 22 targets, which which is egregious for a running back because your targets are, like, right by the line of scrimmage. So, um, I mean, I thought he had decent hands coming out of Notre Dame, but like, he's just not explosive. This is a very mediocre running back who is just benefiting from an expanded role. And again, it's unsustainable given his size. Uh, he's very good in pass pro and he has solid hands, which uh, should show eventually. But like this, he's not what he's been throughout the start of this season. And I'm, I'm flabbergasted hearing 12 wins for this team because I, I'll be shocked if they win in seven. They shouldn't have won more than four or five, but they're trying, which is futile. But so this is not a good team. Uh, and, and Ralph, I'm going to pull you in in a second here to join us. But so, Kev, I mean, I think a lot of people were on the four or five win train. Are and I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying like ex- expect them to even even make the playoffs. I think they have a really good shot, and I think their schedule is. It, it's a lot of teams that I think have played at their level down the stretch. After we get through the Eagles, yeah. and uh, we'll get the Cowboys. But are you still on like the this team is? bad island because i think 
I don't think they're bad. Yes. I think we've seen enough to, to say they're Their not defense bad. is bottom bottom like six or seven in DVOA. Stafford's already hurt. We're running out of running back, like I said. That's not sustainable. Puka, he's not going to play at this level all season. I know it's been a month, but we've seen a month of high-end play from like Tyler Higby. Um, it's not going to be this. Cooper Cup, I don't believe he's going to be at 100% when he returns, given what this injury has been. We have just a lot of good luck, and that's led to 2-2, two and two, and we face the Eagles this week. I, I'm very much so pessimistic, and I think the team's done everything wrong to this point where they're trying and they're trying to keep morale up in where and again, what's it going to lead us to bad draft capital for like the first time in years. And we're probably going to have to trade up for a quarterback and give up more high end capital, which you know, look what Carolina's done. That looks like the wrong move having to trade up. We got golf. That was great for a couple of years. Then we had to move off and give up even more draft capital to get Stafford who gave us one year, one like good year and a month of okay play thus far. Whereas he sucked last year, it's it's just very frustrating to know we're in this vicious cycle of uh, contention, then tanking, but not really committing to tanking, and then trading up for a quarterback, and it, it just feels like bad process over and over. But they got the Super Bowl, so everything kind of is a okay. I, I I agree with some points. I also disagree with some points. I th- I think the thing is, um, you know, they. They could have moved on for Matthew Stafford in the offseason, and they didn't. And I think what people are ignoring is the fact that he's still here means I don't think they're going to look to take a quarterback in the first round next year. If they came out of the gates god-awful and Stafford was playing like garbage, then yeah, you move things around and you aggressively go and try and get that first pick and get Caleb Williams. But I think... Um, I think you're underselling Stafford a little bit this season. You know, last year it was bad. Um, but I think he looks good right now. And you mentioned Puka will probably cool off. You have to give Stafford some of the credit for how he's been playing. And, uh, you know, even if Puka does cool off, and even if you're getting Cooper Cup at 70% of what he was at the beginning of last season, I still think this offense is is real enough to where the team can't. I don't. I just don't think they can be bad. I don't think they're even gonna sniff mm. the number one pick. And I think, you know, a first round pick, even if it's later, is not something we've had since Jared Goff. And they're gonna have cap space. And I think like if Stafford is good for the next two or three years, um, then you have a chance to see what you have on the table this year with with your undrafted guys and all that and put yourself in a position to try and compete again next year for for the Super Bowl. Yeah, the thing is it's all about sustainability with Stafford where, he, again, he's already hurt four games into the season and he's barely been sacked too. He only has like a 5% sack rate, which is awesome. That's a credit to him. But again, it's just like, can his body hold up? We've seen injury after injury after injury over the past year and a half or so. Um, he had the elbow, then he had the back, he had the neck. And again, what is it right now? Is it his hip? Yeah. There's hip. some issue. Yeah, hip. Again, he's a 35-year-old quarterback. Wait, let me, I'm looking. Excuse me. Yeah, he's 35. He'll be 36 early next year. This isn't someone you want to bank on two to three years. You barely want to bank on him this year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think he's kind of Iron Man enough to where – Knicks and all this um I I feel okay holding on to him for for you know a couple years and I I just I think everyone in the building and and Mike earlier mentioned Aaron Donald carrying the team to 12 wins you know I don't know about that but there's too many good players in the building to where like there's no world where they're they finish worse than the Bears like it's it's just no it's it's impossible and so (laughs) Like, it's already too late. They won the two games. Like yeah. they're already set up for a, a five to six win season where, like I said, they should have been that four win team. Now, you know, do they have a ceiling of nine wins? Sure. The schedule is very easy. Arizona, Pittsburgh coming up. Um, what's it called? And then another Arizona matchup, obviously Washington giants. There are winnable games, but then you look at Dallas at Dallas at green Bay um, home versus Seattle. That's going to be tougher than the first matchup. San Francisco, Cleveland, Baltimore. This, what, what's at best? Five hundred is at best. It seems right. I, I think they five hundred ish. There's no such thing as five hundred anymore. Excuse me. I think if things go go their way, um, and even games like, you know, 
Cleveland, Baltimore, those are better teams. But, like, I think the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys are really the only severely outmatched games uh, for the rest of the Browns schedule. and Ravens. They're Browns better. Ravens. Browns They're have better, the number one defense. Ravens offense is firing right now. The so. Ravens just lost to the Colts, though, too. So it's not like who we just beat. So it's not like they're um, unbeatable. But uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I feel like that's more of a matchup thing. It's just they match up weird against it. And we went to overtime against the Colts. So it's not like we were perfect either. <laughs> no. We almost lost to them. Uh, well, I don't. It, it's very much so. It's, it's a coin flip, sure, with some of these games like Colts. But we're not a contender. We're not a, this isn't a playoff team. You can't look at this defense and say it's a playoff defense. No. Well, so I want to bring in Ralph here. Uh, Ralph, thanks for being patient, my man. Uh, which side of the aisle you fall in here? Yeah, I'm not on Kevin's side. Kevin's throwing out all kinds of stats and I understand. I'm not putting you down, Kevin. I'm just saying you're doing all kinds of stats and you don't have, you're not very optimistic. I get it. Uh, what we saw yesterday, we're going to see for the rest of the season. Because, one, we have a pretty young team, and we got a lot of new players on, on the field, and they're going to learn as they go. Uh, two, uh, another thing is, is that McVay is overthinking things. Uh, it was a prime example against Cincinnati. Overthinking it into himself, not running the ball, not creating any type of uh, uh, balance between the, off, uh, the pass game and the run game. And, and, and when you – when the defense is going to pin their ears back and come at you 55 pass plays, there's going to be some sacks. So there's got to be some balance. And and when you're talking about these running backs, I think Kyron Williams is a really good running back. He may not be more than a 20-carry running back a game because of his size, but I like how he runs. He's falling forward every time he, you know he's tackled. And Ron Rivers comes in and picks up the slack for him. Now, I will say this. I think – we do need to go get a bigger type running back, say the running back from Cincinnati. I forgot his name. Uh, something in that area of six foot, six one, 210 pounds, 220 pounds, where it can sustain more than 25, 20 carries a game. Uh, but Kyron Williams and Ryan Williams are, are good right now until we go get that big running back that's going to sustain 20, 20, 25 to 30 carries a game. I, I just think that the coaching staff overthinks things. Uh, I'll give you an example. Yesterday's game, when the Colts were going in to score and they ran the ball twice and then they took out the main running back that brought in 27, I'm looking at the screen. I'm saying number five is going to run the ball. They're going to run. Is it RPO or is it going to be something? And where he runs the ball, there's nobody there. I'm, no linebackers. They tried. I, I just couldn't. I'm an ex coach. So I, I, when I look at the game, I look at the game as a coach. And I'm like, losing my mind because how do you not know when they switch that running back how do you not know that they're going to let the quarterback run the ball I just don't understand that another example is when we played Cincinnati it was a goal line situation I think it was a fourth fourth down play they left the cart the guard the defense left the guards uncovered uncovered and I couldn't understand that why do you why are you and sure enough they're running right behind the guards in the a gap and that's basic football you you got to know you want to make the runners run to the sideline not straight up and down north and south if you know what you're doing is the coaching staff force that runner to run outside so now we our chase can go get them run to the edge and make the tackle or run them out of bounds and we uncovered we didn't cover the guards that i could I, th- those are things that i like lose my mind watching the game but i think what we saw yesterday what we saw against tonight is what we're going to see for the rest of the year because one we're young I think Stafford is still a really good quarterback when he's healthy. I don't think we need to go get another quarterback. I think we just needed to work with what we have. Rippon, I went to training camp. Rippon has a really good arm. I don't know how much of the offense he knows, but he seems like he's a pretty decent quarterback just until Stafford gets healthier. I, I just I, – and then the defense is playing pretty pretty decent. Um, some of the – they're doing some little technique things that's going to get them out of position, out of gap. But that's a coachable thing, you know, uh, or maybe not knowing enough of the pro games where they get themselves out of, out of position. I, I, but I think what we see yesterday against the Sandy is what we're going to see for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, everybody's heart, you know, blood pressure is going to be up every game, and we don't know from what game. And then the kicker. The kicker misses two field goals, the shorter ones, and he makes the three long ones. I'm like, there's inconsistency. So if he can straighten that out, we win the game yesterday, no problem. 
you know? I mean, they still won the game, so that's not the issue. But you're talking to, like, Cincinnati, that game was a 19-16 to 16 loss. I don't see that as optimistic. Joe Burrow couldn't move. And we still let them score, like, 19, honestly. You, they shouldn't have scored anything, given how Burrow was playing, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Disgusting. Yeah, I agree. But I think we win that game easily if we run the ball a little bit more. When you run the ball a little bit more, now you're creating a play-action opportunity. Now you're creating opportunities to throw the ball over the top because now your defense is not going to pin the ears back and come after you, right? And now your offensive – and then – they put number 57, I can't remember his name, put 57 on an island on the left tackle, and they didn't give him any kind of help, chip help. They didn't put no tight end there. They didn't send the running back there. They didn't do anything. They didn't slide protection over there, nothing. And, and see, so that's, to me, that's McVeigh. That was McVeigh's worst coach game since he's been here. So I think he gets in his own head, and he overthinks things, and he's always wanted to give you that political correct answer at the press conference where, oh, this, and I didn't see this, and we were communicating this, and we like – what I don't like is I don't like the local the LA media don't hold him accountable for these lack of you know calls or lack of calls or whatever. I don't. That's what I don't like about the LA media. They don't ask the questions that they should be asking. Why didn't you run the ball enough to create some kind of balance so you guys give yourself a chance to win that game easily? They should have won that game easily, but because of the play calling, it made it harder than what it is. And I agree with you. We shouldn't have gave up 19 points, but it wouldn't have been a problem if we just had some run the ball. We would have scored. You know, and we wouldn't run the game easily, I think. Hold that thought, Ralph and Kev, because live in the spaces, as we're talking right now, of course, I'm not adding this after the podcast. I just wanted to let you guys know and all our listeners about my favorite daily fantasy app. It is called Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a simple daily fantasy app, but instead of dealing, you know, playing against tens or hundreds or thousands of other players, you're just playing against yourself, and you're playing against lines. More or less is what we're playing here. Classic over-under type plays. You pick a couple. They give you a couple lines, and I'm going to give you my picks in a second. You put them in, and you have a chance to win some real money. Uh, it's just such a simple way and easy-to-play system. Um, it really is just the fun of Daily Fantasy to me of just you know, looking at some games, picking some guys who maybe you don't have on your regular fantasy team, but you think are going to have a big game. You hop in prize picks, they'll give you more or less, and they'll give you a stat number, and you just pick more or less. And I'm going to give you some lines this week that I like. Uh, so basically with prize picks, you pick a couple players, you parlay them together. If all your picks hit, you're going to win some money, a lot of money. If all but one of your picks hits, hey, you're still going to walk away with a little money, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, you always got a chance to win on prize picks. Here are my picks for the week. Desmond Ritter, 183.5 passing yards, more or less, against the Texans. I'm going less because, man, I don't know what they're doing or why this guy is still on the field, and I definitely think there's a chance that he does not finish the game. Now, on the contrary, different than what I went with last week, Zach Wilson, 184.5 passing yards against the Broncos. I'm going to go more on that. I like what I saw against the Chiefs. Y'all know how I feel about the Broncos. I think they stink. And I think Zach Wilson, to the extent that Zach Wilson can do it, might light them up. Brian Robinson Jr. going against the Bears this week. 60 and a half rushing yards. I'm going more on that. I think that the Washington Commanders are going to be in control of this game. And Robinson is going to be the guy that carries the bulk of the load there. Kyron Williams, a half or a point five. Passing or rushing or receiving touchdowns. I'm going more. Scored two touchdowns this week. Uh, I believe he scored five on the year, maybe even more than that. Um, hang on. While I look up that number, he scored five rushing rushing touchdowns on the year and a receiving touchdowns. So six total touchdowns. Uh, he's going to punch one in this game, even if the Eagles end up running away with it. We'll see what happens. I'm optimistic. Uh, I do think he's going to score one. And I'm giving a fifth this week. Tyree Kill, 86 and a half receiving yards against the Giants. I'm going more, man. Uh, I think the Dolphins need a bounce-back game after a loss of the Bills. And I'm optimistic. And if they're going to do it, Tyree Kill is going to be a big part of it, man. So do you guys, if you want to get on the action, and, man, I can't recommend this app enough, go to prizepicks.com slash ramstalk and use our code ramstalk. That's R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, all caps, no spaces. You're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. So you want to just play 20 bucks? you put in our code, you're going to get $40 to play with. If you want to go all the way up to $100, you put in our code, you're going to get $200 to play on prize picks. Uh, 
it is, man, it just makes the game so much more exciting. I can't recommend enough, and I hope everybody, uh, if you if you want to play, if you want to do a little daily fantasy, use our promo code RamsTalk, prizepicks.com slash RamsTalk. Get in on the action. So let's get back to the spaces, huh? And, and so, uh, it, if, if Jackson, yeah, if a large Jackson does get hurt too, um, and a lot of this, yeah. you know, Zach Thomas coming in and syncing it up, a lot of that is on McVay for it felt yeah. like setting up to fail. But you can tell, like, after uh, Hendrickson got his first sack in that game, you know, it was a wrap. The, the yeah. Cincinnati defense was like, oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. this guy can't play here. Uh, Blood so, in water. Yeah, they, yeah, and they, then, they and ran they away. With put no boom, they should have put no boom at left tackle and brought in whoever else they're right Agreed. cover you can cover up a guard but you can't cover up a tackle he's on an island so no but then that, that goes back to the rams process of drafting and wasting second round draft capital on running backs and thir- yeah. trading up for like a daryl henderson and not investing in the o-line which i mean i, I love steve avila he's awesome yeah. and yeah. shelton's yeah. played decent but it, overall we just have this poor process where we get these skill position players like van jefferson who doesn't contribute whatsoever uh, we terrible like cam Akers who gets hurt and then over and over again uh, yeah. and we know we should be investing in running backs given all of the needs across the board it's awesome yeah. to hit on a puka to hit on yeah. a cooper cup and they're awesome we love yeah. them yeah. at the end of the day when it comes to team building it comes down to mcveigh and sneed in that sense they've done a yeah. terrible job surrounding yeah. these players and that's why i'm saying get younger because you have to reset yeah. Your defense, you have no cornerbacks, you have no yeah. linebacker, or you have one linebacker, you have Ernest Jones. Safeties, yeah. I get we've hit on late safeties and done well, but at the moment it's like it's yeah. barren across the board. Yeah, I, I just think that, uh, you know, like Van Jefferson, what has he done in three years? He hasn't done nothing, you know. And then so so what do you do with the guy? You keep on putting him on the field, trying to go over. He made one good catch on the sideline last night, which was fine. That's there's no consistency. There's no energy in him whatsoever. Nothing, you know. Two two Atwell is, is finally trying to do something. He's but he's weighs 130 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I mean, Van Jefferson is a bust in my book. Get rid of him. Try to get something. Hundred percent. And and I and, you know Cam was I was happy to see Cam get out of there because he was a mental mental midget. He couldn't. I mean, he was just in his own head himself. He sucked when he ran the ball because he there was a hole right there and he tried to dance through it instead of just run through the hole. Yeah, you know I mean, and you want to work outside where the hole's inside. So, I'm glad they're out of here. Jan, Van's another one, and then you know when Cooper Cup comes back and Tutu, I mean it's uh, Puka. Yeah, they're going to split some of the throws, and it's going to take some of his opportunities away. But it's all right. Why not? Cooper Cup's going to make those catches. Puka's going to make catches. Tutu, they can start using Tutu as a long guy over the top and just set Van Jefferson down. You know, use him as a window dressing or whatever you want to call it. I kind of like how they've used Puka, like him on like the jet sweeps, him kind of like short area, um, yes. or, like mesh routes. They've done a really good job utilizing Puka, and honestly, since last year, even when like Baker came in, so yeah. Tutu, I mean, sorry, Tutu is the guy, sorry, yeah. and he's yeah. been a, a revelation, honestly. And I think we should in, like keep him integrated, even if uh, Cooper Cup were to return, like as at a high level, like ninety percent of the snaps on. I, I don't think I don't think Tutu should ever be. An ex receiver, you know, station. No. I like what they do with him. I like when they move him around because he's so small. If you just put him stationary coming off the line, he won't be able to get off the line because he's too. He's not strong enough. So I like how they use him in motion, short motion, out motion, in motion, cross motion. I don't like what I don't like about Puka is that when they try to use him on jet sweeps, he's not fast enough. You know, I, I just don't think he's fast enough. He's not Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is a little bit more athletic than he is. So I, when they use him as that, he's they they're going to catch him every single time, and they're going to you know negative yardage, or you know no yardage. So that's the one play that I don't like because when they use him in jet sweeps, uh, he's just not fast enough. And he's just a big strong guy, but he's just not feet fast enough. So uh, they'd have to figure out something else. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that we're going to be that way for the rest of the year. As far as wins, I I think if we can win ten games, to be honest with you, I'll be happy. If we make the playoffs, I'll be ecstatic because we're still young and we're developing. Um, Aaron Donald finally is breaking out a little bit. You know, uh, he didn't play all preseason, so he's finally getting through. Play. I really like that defensive tackle, uh, Kobe Turner. I think he's just a yeah. younger version yeah. of, of Aaron Donald. Once Aaron Donald and Henderson, the D-line coach, get to him and talk to him and show him the little idiosyncrasies of playing defensive line, I think he's going to be a great player. I really do. He's got the same energy as Aaron. He just lacks the knowledge of what Aaron knows now, you know. And I just, I just really like that guy. Oh, uh, young on the outside, the defensive end, he's just raw. 
I, the way he plays is raw. He doesn't understand angles. He doesn't understand pursuit angles, high shoulder, you know, to the quarterback, stuff like that. Those are things that are teachable, but how easy, how, how is he going to grasp that? How fast is he going to grasp that to make an effective change? You know, I think he's a lot better than, uh, than uh, the guy we had last year. He was up there in Buffalo. He was way undersized. He was fast, but he was way undersized. And uh, but I, I mean, we're young. I think we're going to have these games every single week. Uh, our blood pressure is going to be really high. We're going to be gritting our teeth whether we're going to win or not. And uh, I think you know, but you know, I'm optimistic that you know if McVay can do what he needs to do and be balanced with his offense and make the calls because he's an offensive genius, but he gets in his head too much and then it puts us in a position where we look like we don't know what we're doing. And that's frustrating to me. What what I think is exciting is, and to your like partially to your point earlier, Kev, about how this team just wasted draft picks for a really long time. You look at like yeah. from 2018 to 2022, it's just like they hit a couple, but uh, you know Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, uh, Tutuwa, who even though he's coming along, you know um, it took too long. Yeah, 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 I and agree. there were guys. We don't have to go down the whole Creed Humphrey rabbit hole, but there are guys there who obviously would help. But then you look at going into this season, a year where they, on paper, probably should have been really bad. But what happens? They draft smart outside of Stetson Bennett. You get Steve Avila, who's <laughs> looking great. Uh, Kobe Turner, Byron Young, as you just said, Ralph uh, Turner looks like he's gonna be great. And Young, he's raw, but he's a third round pick, and I think you're developing him to probably be the complimentary edge rusher to an eventual guy who you either draft high or bring in to kind of be the lead on the outside. Yeah, uh, I, agree. I agree. And then, and then Puka Nakua, you're, you're taking all these receivers in the second round. You draft this guy in the fucking fifth round and he's yeah. just setting the world on fire. So, yeah. uh, and Kyron Williams to a lesser extent was a fifth round pick last year, uh, runs a second round pick essentially off the roster. So yeah. it's, it's just kind of like, proof that what they did for a couple of years was not working um but it's good that they they changed paths and uh you know McVay's always going to make one silly ridiculous reach skill player every draft we'll let him have his stats embedded if it's going to be in the fourth round better than the second uh and I think that it's setting the team up for long-term success and Kev your your um concerns about Stafford are warranted but I just think I don't think that the they would have had to gut the team even further to really be in play for the top like two or three picks. It's and really I think, just Donald on defense, though. When it comes yeah. down to gutting, it's like we could have just moved Donald; we would have been the worst defense in the league by a wide, wide margin. And yeah, but you can't you can't move Donald. I, yeah, you. I mean, in terms of like politically, you can't move Donald. That just doesn't make sense unless you're already like zero and seven. And you so can I, then be, I, then you I can think, do it. But right now, you couldn't do it preseason. I understand that, but it was just that was the big. Like Donald is so good; he covers up so many mistakes on the defensive line because you know he's triple yeah. team basically every play. Yeah. So uh, that's like the big issue. I I think the only way you were able to move Donald is you had to do it during OTA season, way before training camp. You move him for for a couple first rounders, then you move Stafford for maybe a second, maybe a first. And then you move, um, well, probably those two guys, maybe Cooper Cup for another second or first round guys. Now you're saying, okay, we're going to rebuild. We're going to get rid of those guys and get all these draft picks back. And now you start redrafting the way you should have been doing since 2018, like you guys are saying. Me in particular, I don't, I'm not a real fan of Les Need. I've met the guy several times. I'm not a fan of him and how he thinks. And I don't, I really don't like his arrogance. Um, I just don't like how he thinks and how he drafts and what uh, all those draft picks he's given away just because we want to try to win the Super Bowl. And that's great. We want it, but you got to set your team up for the future. We want to make a run five, six, seven, eight years down the road, not, not one, two, three years. And then yeah, tank, you know, I mean, to me, that's inconsistent and, and you can't tell him any different. I've, I've, I know people who know him real good that have conversations with that guy and he's just like, he'll tell you different. Well, it's like, it, it's, I it, like what they did this recent draft where they just kind of like traded down, traded down and traded down and just got all of these picks. And it's just like, you know, you're throwing shit at a wall and hoping something sticks. And it did. And you got Puka. <laughs> we, we got like a couple of these guys that are like legit starters cra- on our team. But it's still a crapshoot. It, it is, you don't but know that's the talent draft as a whole. T- 
talent is talent. You don't know really what the talent is going to do until it hits the field. Yeah, you could vet these people before you draft them or before you're, you're going to draft them. You can find out certain things about them and their, their, their personal life. Or Well, look at Stetson. Obviously, he's got some personal problems that they didn't vet because they I think that was a Matt years. Stafford pick. That was to, like, make Stafford feel good. <laughs> Something because uh, that's turning out to be the fiasco itself. And he's what? You know, he's not bad. I saw him in training camp, but yeah, he's not good. He's an old, he, he's like a worse version of Kenny Pickett at best. That's just yeah, not he, a good pick. He has no arm yeah. strength. Actually, I like, I like Rippin's arm strength more than I like Stetson Bennett's because I saw him in training camp. His arm looked pretty good. Yeah. And but I'm, but still, I'm, you don't want to rely on a Rippin is the problem. Like, is he oh, an okay yeah. backup? Sure. But like, if yeah, you want to yeah. move forward, you need oh, no. that young quarterback to oh, really no, I develop. Agree. I agree. So I, I, I think yeah, Stafford we're just in a sticky has, situation. Yeah. I think Stafford good this year maybe next year if we if we get, need to trade them and get them something like a second and third round pick for him fine if not you keep him from another year and then you move on from him because he's already 38 years old he's been in like 15 years and, yeah and and it's now to think of the future now if we're gonna i don't know if we're gonna get caleb williams from sc i mean it'd be great but uh there's other quarterbacks this this year's draft that are pretty good um but, I, you know, knowing Les Snead, he, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, like you said, you're going to throw throw a dart in the wall and see if that guy's going to work out. That's not yeah. how you draft. Um, I t- defend, defend Les Snead. Um, and then uh, I see Michael's been trying to get back in the chat. So, Michael, I'm going to let you back in to, to rebuttal uh, the the lack of optimism from, from Kev here. Uh, but just before that, like – Less, it's really hard to win a championship. And I know yeah, ideally uh, I call this Laker fan mentality is you want to set yourself up for years of championships. Right. Uh, but look at the Vikings. Look at the Bills. There's plenty of franchises who have never won and would listen to us saying like it would have been better off to set ourselves for multiple championships up than just going all in for one. Because right. – it's really hard to win in this league. And right. in, in C's defense, I agree he went a little too all in. And like we've been saying, if they drafted better along the way, right. uh, it wouldn't have even gotten to the point that it got. But last season was a big wake-up call to right. Snead and McVeigh, it felt like, in terms of mentality and approach. Um, right. And, you know, they cleared the decks a little bit. We're going to suffer a little bit this year. But if Stafford can stay upright um, then and they – use these picks well whether it's to draft players or to trade for uh talent i would prefer to use the picks um they could set themselves yeah. be in good shape for yes. 24 i want to I, 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 no, I have no regrets on the stafford golf trade that worked out perfectly because they got the championship i'm talking setting yeah. yourself up after that because you have to yeah. see the writing on the wall this offseason where this isn't a team set up for consistent success even though we did hit on an awesome wide receiver like puka but that's one piece so, right. like, with Stafford, what is our ceiling? Current day Stafford, closer to an average quarterback than a great quarterback. And he has his flashes, but overall, he's still throwing. He has five picks, three touchdowns. That's not going to get you where you need to go. Um, yeah. He's going to get sacked more because this offensive line is not good. It's just very much so a purgatory position with Stafford and the team as a whole where I felt like gutting it, getting picks, getting whatever you could do, getting off this dead money, or getting dead money pushed forward, you can build a consistent winner in the future. But winning that Super Bowl, we did everything we had to, and I don't regret that at all. But it just, after the fact, after seeing what we did last season, how bad we were, it's like, you have to realize it's almost a point in, oh, it is a point in no return. I, I, I just, I just what I'm looking for is, is consistency within the years. Uh, being able to get into the playoffs every year and, and try to win the Super Bowl. Uh, like you said, it's hard to win games in the NFL. It's even harder to make the playoffs. But I think if we can just show some consistency every year and being competitive with everybody, knowing that you play the Rams, you're in for you're going to be in for a ball game, and that they're not going to lay down. And, and that's all I want to see every year from the Rams is a, a certain amount of consistency and and fight for what you want and 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 see what happens. You know what I mean? Uh, Look at 49ers. They've been in the championship game two years, two times, and they can't get in. You know, and they have a really good team. Yeah. You know, so like you said, it's that hard to get in, that much more harder to get in. But they're consistent every year. You know, that's I appreciate the fact that they play hard, and I can't stand the 49ers, but they play hard and they're consistent every year. Well, but but even them, though, you look at under 
uh, Shanahan. You know, the Ram. I I think they have more losing seasons under Shanahan than we do under McVay. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah, and a lot of that is obviously in they've they've gotten the injury bug horribly yeah. many times. We got it once. Yeah, um, yeah. but I think what we're seeing net currently through four games is what you're hoping for, Ralph. In the a competitive team that doesn't lay down. You know, last year was pathetic. And yeah, yeah. obviously injuries were a massive part of that. Um, right. And it almost felt like McVay just gave up on the team from the first snap for like four straight games until they brought Baker in. And it, honestly, yeah. I, I, I said it, I'll continue to say it. I think they signed Baker just because McVay was bored and needed something to do uh, or else he was going <laughs> to retire. Uh, Baker looks good now. I'm dude, not like, looks I'm great. not joking. We, we would have been what? better. I'm not, I, I know this sounds crazy. We would have been better, yeah. better off with Baker and seeing what he had than just kind of yeah. rolling out Stafford. Even though Stafford does look know, solid, man. it's just a potential maybe future quarterback because Stafford, again, how much does Stafford have left in the tank in terms of how many hits can he take? Because he could still play, but can he take these hits? It's so far looking like no. Yeah, we'll I don't even know if he's gonna. I don't even know if he's gonna play this week. I don't know how bad that hip is. Um, and, and we're playing the Eagles, so. There you go. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Michael, you came back in. Uh, you said 12 and 5 earlier. Uh, and we've obviously, I think that's a little a little much. But where, uh, where, where, where are you at in response to, to all that chatter? Can you hear me or am I on the microphone before? No, we can hear you. Oh, okay. You know, I have a lot of confidence in the Rams because when you talk about that Super Bowl win, that's the team that I see this year because they have Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. And the play calling, Ralph, which you were talking about, I think the play calling in that Bengals game was not good. And I think that a lot of times McVay's play calling, it's just questionable. I wasn't sure if he just didn't have a play for the running back or didn't have a running back for the play. But he showed the following week how he's able to make adjustments. I have a couple of questions regarding um, players that got injured. Uh, the first question regarding Witherspoon. He was the first player to get a takeaway uh, last week. Uh, first of all, what's his status and how many weeks is he going to be out? Oh, he's out? Uh that's a good question. I'll, I'll look while we're talking. I, I don't think there's uh I think Witherspoon came back into the game, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I saw him coming to the game. I didn't think he was going to be out. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I haven't seen anything about it. Yeah. I must have missed that play then. Um, I, it sounded like he got um, injured to the point where he was going to be out. So no, I, no, I wanted he, he to clarify that. four or five plays later. Oh, Okay. Yeah. I was kind of tuning in on and off of the game, so but I did – Watch the whole uh, social media offense, and right now the Sean McVay show is on, and it's a lot different when they win versus when they lose and how happy he is and how he's glouting. He has a lot of confidence in his team and what he's doing, and I also have a lot of confidence. It's just does he have the skill with all the players? Like you were saying, Steve, you were throwing in a lot of stats, and I look at those stats, points for, points against. I see – the Lions, how many points they're scoring versus how many points the Rams are scoring. But it is only week week four, week five. And this game versus the Eagles, I think, is going to be an interesting contest because everyone's going to be picking the Eagles. But I think Matthew Stafford's a lot better of a quarterback than we give him credit for. If he does play, I, uh, I expect a good 28 to 27 ball game. That'd be great. We'll see. Um, but I mean, like on paper, we I think they severely outmatch us. And I even it listen, I, I think twenty eight to twenty seven, no matter which side we come out on, we're all feeling great after that game. Uh if the Eagles come out and blow us out, we're gonna feel bad, but I, I think like 
they're they're operating at a level, and I know they had a close game with Washington. And, you know, division games are weird, but uh, I I think more than the Eagles, I think that Cardinals and Steelers stretch is going to be what's more telling for this team long term. And I think after the Steelers game is when they'll really look at this team and decide, hey, maybe we should dra- trade a couple of these picks uh, and 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 try and get some talent in the door because we think we have a chance to do something this year. But the Eagles are really good, man, and I, I'm not optimistic this week. But Cardinals and Steelers are two games they should win, um, regardless of pickets out there. I know the Steelers got a great defense, and, and that'll be a good test for uh, our offensive line in this offense in a game where we probably should win at home. Again, you know, L.A., nature of the beast. A lot of Steeler fans are going to be there. But You know, I- Steve, that game against the Steelers, the Steelers have um, – they only scored six points yesterday, and – uh, a week ago, beating the Raiders and then coming back and losing, I think the Steelers have problems, and I think the the Rams should be able to uh, beat the Steelers uh, at, at the current teams. Yeah, it's at least by no point. <laughs> yeah, and Pickens, a, Pickens is a good quarterback. quarterback. Pickens is a good quarterback, but just one or two sacks by Aaron Donald, I I expect that kind of game. Uh, the Rams getting four sacks on them and the Steelers not able to even get a passing game. The Cardinals game is going to be different because it is a division game. Um, The Seahawks Cardinals. That's why I I find the Rams uh, one of the funnest teams in football, because like you said, the Eagles on paper, they should win that game. But I think the heart and determination of the former Super Bowl champions, I, I, I like this Rams team, and every week I expect them to get a little better um, by bringing in uh, just different uh, looks on offense because the the fact that he has three receivers when Cooper Cup comes back, and Ralph, you were talking about uh, Puka and how he doesn't have that speed, but he does have good hands, yeah. and he does have that strength, and I think yeah. the more he runs those routes, the better he's going to get, and eventually he's going to break. I, I hope so. I mean, you're not more optimistic than I am, but I hope so. I All I see him is just a zone-type receiver. He's going to get in the open pockets of the zone, and he's going to catch the ball. He's going to get another three, four yards because he's that strong. Uh, I don't ever see him going to beat anybody over the top uh, or outrun anybody, but he's a good open – You know, anybody who's going to run zone on us, he's going to fit in that zone window. He knows how to do it because Cooper Cut has, I'm sure, done a good job of teaching him. Other people he's worked with are teaching him. He's – Sort of like a savvy veteran already, where he knows where to sit down in the zone once will it be covered two or cover four. He does, uh, you know. So that's that's what I like about him. Uh, I don't. Other than that, he's he's not fast enough. He's always strong. He's gonna run through uh, tacklers. You get another two, three, four yards, which I like. And uh, but in regards to over, running over the top, I hope you know hopefully he does, but I don't see it happening. Well, I mean, that's at twenty five yards in the red zone. And doing those zone uh, reads, because when you have Higsby, also the tight end, making plays, that's a good one, two, three punch. And, you know, Atwell, that's an addition. They don't have size, uh, the running backs, but they do have a little bit of speed. They they sort of remind me um, a little bit of that Chargers offense from the 80s just yesterday, the way Stafford was pinpointing the ball. But, you, you know, I, I think Sean yeah. McVay – he gives himself a little bit too much credit. Yeah. And I think that his play calling at times, I just question it because I say, well, how did you make that play in the Bengals game? I mean, there was just no running game. And I was a big fan of Cankers, but Cam Akers suffered from fumbleitis. And when he missed that play on that reception, when it hit him in his numbers and was an interception, I think that play cost the Rams the football game on points. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like, you know, realistically, if we don't have those two turnovers against Frisco interception, I, I think we're pretty close to winning the game. Or it was really, if we lose it, it'll be lose a close game. I, we could be, what, what are we, three and one right now? We could be because we played inspired ball against Frisco. We played like crap against Cincinnati where we should have won that game easily. But that's part of the play calling, I think. Like I said, McVay, like you said, McVay is a little bit too into his own head and he overthinks things. So I expect this week against first two Eagles that we should be running the ball more than we usually do, set up the play-action game, 
so Stafford doesn't have to move around that pocket because of that hip so much. That's yeah. what I expect in this week. You know, hy- hypothetically, um, when you guys are talking about the future of the Rams, and I know that this is kind of something that no one talks about, but if Sean McVay doesn't make the playoffs this year, I think the Rams should think about getting another coach because I, no, I, I stop it. He's, uh, stop it. I, I, I just think that they need a, a coach that's going to be able to not be the center of everything because the players, they need to perform. And yeah. as long as there's players on there, it's up to the coach to provide those plays. And sometimes I just question their play calls. And I, I don't know. I, I, I know he gets his team prepared for every game. But there's got to be another coach out there for round football. It's not just Sean McVay and the world, guys. Man, come I, on. I, 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 hear what you, I hear what you're saying, but that's not going to happen. I know somebody who knows Stan Kroenke, and he loves Sean McVay. Uh, he loves Les Snead. And Sean McVay and Les Snead work apparently well together. They get along really well. So I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And I think that's because of that. He knows that. That's where he gets into his own head. He gets a little bit of arrogance. And he overthinks things sometimes, but I don't think that's gonna. I, I gotta give him credit. He does bring. He, he does create a good culture in their locker room. You know, he's transparent with the players, so the players like him. I don't think it's gonna happen. He just needs to kind of get over himself a little bit, like you said, and just do what you need to do. And then, like Kevin said, bring in the right to the second round. All those other draft picks. Start making sure that you're bringing in some real players. Well, I want to clarify. I bet it's long, if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, because oh, yeah. I think this team it has matter, just though. too much talent. They have to make the playoffs, and I, if they're yeah. second place versus the Niners, they should still be able to make the wild card. And there's just no excuses that if the Rams don't make the playoffs, so, so I expect them to make the playoffs, Ralph. Okay. I, and Mike, I, I think I, I think that's a crazy outlook, man. I think. Uh, and I, I'm going to wrap this up in a second, fellas. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys chatting. Okay. This this is a blast. Um, I appreciate you guys letting me get on. Yeah, this is so much fun. I will say, just to rebuttal on Sean McVay, uh, for all his flaws, and there's quite a bit of them, and if you ever listen to this podcast, we hold him accountable um, all the time. Look at the team's records for the last decade before he got here, and then look at the record after he stepped in. He is – I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would guess – Winning percentage-wise of coaches who have coached over, like, 60 games, I bet he's in the top five. He's had one losing season. Uh, He's been to two Super Bowls. I'm pretty sure he's either still the youngest coach in the league or one of them. Um, I think there are games, like the Bengals game, unacceptable. Almost entirely on him for losing that game. Uh, He doesn't adapt at times, and, and we mentioned this on the show, putting Joe Noteboom in at left tackle when you know going into the second half that your left tackle is out and not doing that and just sending Zach Thomas to the Wolves what is was insane. The play calling in that game, uh, an abomination. But when yeah, we as a fan base, when we get to the point where we're saying if in an offseason where they traded Jalen Ramsey and cut Leonard Floyd and didn't prioritize bringing in high-profile free agents to replace them, if we're saying that he should be fired because they don't make the playoffs, man, I'm sorry, that is fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying that he has control over giving up Jalen Ramsey and those other players. So they need to, if he's going to give them up, then they need to bring in players to replace them. And they should have been prepared for that. And that's actually preparation before they even get on the football field because the Rams are completely different without Jalen Ramsey on that field. Jalen Ramsey was the X factor on every single third and fourth down play. He was always going to make the defensive play. Losing Jalen Ramsey is just, to me, I just can't believe they got rid of Jalen Ramsey and then has no no person to replace him because he's just such a good football player. I know he cost a lot of money, but the Rams, if they're playing a Los Angeles in that stadium, they need to have a player like Jalen Ramsey always on the field to bring in those fans because he's just such a spectacular player. And I just can't believe the Rams got rid of Jalen Ramsey. And I, I it's I'm still boggled. And, and I, I don't disagree. Um, I, I, I think it's 
we'll see what if we really we won't be able to grade getting rid of Jalen Ramsey until next offseason because that's when they'll have the cap space from that move. Um, they get a third round pick. They get Byron Young. Probably not going to be Jalen Ramsey, but um, you know, so far so good. But I think, you know, Michael, you really got to look into, like, what the team's cap situation was and what the options were. They could have either ran it back pretty much with the same team they had last year uh, and seen what happened with Ramsey or what they did. And it, it remains to be seen if this is the right decision was to take some hits on the dead cap this year. Uh, I can't believe how little the market was for Jalen Ramsey or maybe they just sent him to Miami because they did right by him. He's a guy who gave us everything he had. Um, it will see what they do with the cap space next year. But uh, the problem was they had no money to spend and they made their choices in the draft, not waiting to address cornerback. They got Trey Tomlinson. You know, that's uh, well, a point yeah, right there because Jalen Ramsey was Jalen Ramsey and Sean McVay. Maybe they didn't get along and then he chose to leave. You know, if he wins Super Bowl with another team, um, that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, did, that'll determine whether the Rams did or didn't make the right decision with Ramsey. You got to understand if you have the biggest stadium in football and you're trying to put 50 and 60,000 fans there, you should be able to have the money to pay a player like Jalen Ramsey. And if they did have too much on that contract, they should have thought about that in the first place. But they didn't get anything for him. There's no football replacements that make the play difference of him. He was like three players in one. He played safety. He No, no offense was able to throw over the top with Jalen Ramsey there. He was always going to make the play. And that's just a, a, a play, the 23-point uh, game yesterday, the Colts coming back. That would not have happened with Jalen Ramsey on the football field. No, it, probably not. Um, and, and I'm I'm gonna wrap this up, fellas. Uh, so thank you guys. Hey, so nice much. to meet you guys. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, this is a blast. Uh, talk to you on the next one. We'll do it again sometime for sure. Um, uh, thank you. But just just to wrap this up, uh, yeah, it, we 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 didn't replace Jalen Ramsey. He's he's an irreplaceable guy. Um, and you know we'll, we'll see how things go. Uh, next season when we actually get a chance to replace him. Uh, thank you guys for hopping in. Uh, I was Michael Jamison, Ralph Valdez, and of course uh, Kev Masaregin, who longtime listeners have heard on the show. Uh, this was a blast. I would definitely do it again at some point, uh, probably with Johnny back. But uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com